Okay, hi. Uh, so it's Carrie Johnston, and I'm filming today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Ajac First Nations. And my guest today is Martin Lehner. And Martin is in Kwanlin Whitehorse in the traditional territory of the Anquichin Council and Kwanlin Dun First Nation. Welcome, Martin. Hi there. Uh, so, Martin, if you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. For sure. Uh, so, uh, my name's uh, Martin Lehner. Um, I've been in the Yukon since 2003. Uh, since 2010, um, I've owned a business called uh, Tangerine uh, Technology. Uh, we're a full-service IT service provider. Um, so we deal with computers, networks, printers, Wi-Fi, uh, phone systems, anything uh, technology-related you can think of. Uh, and we primarily service the private sector. Uh, we also have a number um, of NGOs uh, that are clients, but um, we're a little bit unique in that uh, we don't generally service uh, the public sector, so we don't do a lot of government work or anything like that. Um, so yeah, that's who we are. Great. And so what have you learned about your business model over the last uh, eight months in the pandemic? Um, <laughs> technology is... Uh, um, very much needed, <laughs> especially in the world right now. Um, obviously, we uh, we had a lot of people who started working from home. Um, that kind of blew up sort of overnight. Um, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of needs for that, and uh, obviously a lot of folks, um, you know, needing to buy laptops and things like that. So uh, certainly, the uh, the industry we're in is something that's uh, that's essential and uh, and is definitely needed. Have you changed anything about your business model since the pandemic began or has it just been like full, full on? Um, I mean, we're doing a bit different things, obviously. I mean, setting a lot of people up to work, to work remotely and work from home is uh, um, not new, but obviously there's a lot more folks that are doing that and needing that now. Um, we always have done remote support, so we've always been a hybrid. I mean, we can always um, visit a client on site or we can help them uh, remotely. Um, there are times when helping somebody uh, remotely is faster and quicker to resolve an issue. So, you know, for us, it's always been sort of a, um, a sort of an efficiency thing. Um, now it's become like in a lot of cases, it's become a necessity where we can't go on site somewhere. Somebody's working from home, you know, they don't want any visitors or whatever. Um, so we've certainly been doing more of that. I wouldn't say that's something new per se, but certainly doing a lot more of that lately. Mm. So what are you learning about your customer, about Yukoners during this time? What are your observations about the, uh, the state of technology infrastructure and Yukoners ability to adapt? Uh, I think we adapt pretty well, to be honest. Uh, Yukoners are, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the nature of, you know, living in the North and, and, uh, being away from the metropolitan areas, we uh, we innovate and adapt rather quickly. Um, I think a lot of Yukoners who perhaps weren't used to working from home were were able to become somewhat uh, functional um, pretty quickly. So I, I think that really helped for sure. Um, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of uh, um, a lot of folks have recognized uh, how. Um, how used you get to being at the office and being at your desk and what you have there in front of you. And, um, and all of a sudden when you're in a different um, environment, whether that's your, your couch or, or, uh, or a desk you have at your home, um, all of a sudden there's, there's things you need and things you don't have at, 
at uh, your fingertips. So, um, but overall, I, I would say that, uh, uh, that we adapted pretty well and, and uh, pretty quickly for sure. Mm -hmm. You've got a big team to lead there at Tangerine. What, what are you learning about leadership in a, a time when there's all these additional sort of pressures and, and changes? I mean, a big thing for us, so we're considered uh, critical workers. So that's a little bit different from an essential worker. We actually have more um, quote unquote freedoms uh, than an essential worker does. So, um, you know, we're actually able to go to work. Um, if we're not feeling good, we are able to um, enter the territory from outside, let's say from Alberta or from somewhere else where there's isolation requirements and we actually don't have to isolate, we can go to work. Um, so that's of course, um, sort of the nice part about that is obviously we can continue to go to work and operate. The downside to that is of course, um, you know, you'll you'll have staff that are concerned about each other, let's say if, if somebody has been traveling and, and, uh, and they return back, I mean, you know, are they infected? Are they not infected? Um, you know, are they sick? Are they not sick? Uh, these are things you have to deal with. So, I mean, for us, um, our team has always been very, very close. Uh, everyone works with each other. Um, nobody really works in their own little silo. So um, for us um, in our office physically, just being able to have everybody separated enough. Uh, so that's less of a concern. Um making sure that everybody understands and follows um, all the safety precautions, that's hand sanitizer, masks, all that kind of thing. Um, it's, I don't want to say it's been a challenging thing. I mean, there's obviously concerns around that and all of that. Um, we have a very good team. So, I mean, everybody's um, uh, cooperating and, and working with each other and things like that. So that's been really great, but, but definitely, you know, that there's, there is those questions. I mean, if um, you know, it looks like somebody's sick to send them home. If, if they traveled outside of the BC bubble, they're technically allowed to be back in the office. Is that okay? Do you wait a few days? Do you make them wait the two weeks? It's, uh, it is a question for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that goes down to, you know, how critical the work is that they're doing and, and the, you know, there, there's a lot of risk analysis that goes into those things. And, you know, ultimately it's just really about keeping you Connors, everybody, the whole community as safe as we can. And, make the best decisions that you can with the information you've got. Yep, for sure. Good. What, a, how are you thinking about your business differently going forward? Um, there's a lot more, I mean, in terms of, you know, what, what we do and how we operate, uh, you know, like I said, we're doing a lot more remote support for sure, but that's nothing new per se. It's just a bit of a change of on how we're, um, um, on how we're delivering our service, I guess. Um, but not something we weren't doing beforehand per se. Um, certainly one thing, you know, we have to consider is, you know, all these people who are now working outside of the offices. I mean, there's huge security risks and, and, um, um, implications for that. So, you know, thinking about that and how do we keep all this data secure and how do we keep, um, how do we keep, uh, those clients who are in regulated environments, um, how we keep them um, at a position where they're meeting the regulatory requirements and things like that. Um, that's certainly something we've had to, to look at and evaluate and, and adjust over the months. Mm -hmm. 
have you picked up any sort of new skills or anything like that that are sort of serving you well or that uh, you're sort of looking, you know, to, to advance your business with? Um, I'm not sure if I'd say per, um, specifically advancing the business. Um, you know, we, uh, all of our techs, myself included, we, we all have a range of certifications and skills and, and they vary. So uh, as a team, we, we work really well uh, together with those. Um, what I would say is certainly, uh, I mean, we've had a lot of clients. I mean, we have clients who are in the tourism sector who obviously, uh, I would say, are among the hardest hit here in the Yukon um, in terms of the economy. Um, we have uh, clients who literally had to uh, shut their doors and go work from home from literally one day to the next. And uh, working with um, working under that stress level, I, I guess, has been one skill that certainly uh, has been um, um, heightened, I guess, <laughs> just because, uh, you know, a lot of clients, they're, they're stressed. I mean, especially if these are business owners, I mean, especially if they're in the tourism sector, I mean, they, they were doing just fine. And then, you know, a few days later, they're not doing very fine. So uh, there, there's certainly heightened stress all around for sure. Uh, and managing that and being able to, you know, manage expectations and things like that. I mean, there was a point in time where, um, we went quite a few weeks without being able to buy a webcam. There just weren't any because the, basically the entire, well, the entire world was buying webcams because everybody needed to hop on zoom and do those kinds of things. So, um, you know, somebody needs a webcam and we can't buy one, you know, how do you manage that expectation? Because normally we can, normally it's not a problem to, you know, provide everybody a, a, a webcam. Um, it's a little bit better these days, but, early on yeah I mean that's just one example but certainly it's uh, a lot of stress definitely definitely dealing with that yeah it's sometimes it's hard to remember what it was like back in March and April as all of this was really unfolding and the extent of it as we were responding as businesses it it seems like forever ago even though it was this year yeah no absolutely it was uh, everything happened really really fast and yeah, seems like a long time ago for sure. Mm. What advice do you have for emerging entrepreneurs, whether that's in tech or, or just in, in general? I mean, at this point in time, obviously, we've got a, an economy that's not doing so well. I mean, if you want if you want to be an entrepreneur in any kind of sector related to travel, um, I won't say there isn't any opportunity whatsoever because that's not true. I mean, there always is for sure. Um, but certainly uh, I would say evaluate, you know, what the economy and what the industry looks like at the moment. Um, you know, these may be things you want to hold off on or wait a little bit or not. The The biggest thing is, is having a solid plan. Um, you know, there's, there's things that are beyond your, uh, your ability to, uh, uh, control and you know how you adapt to that and how you how you adjust is uh, is in a lot of cases you know what what makes or breaks a business so um, being able to being able to handle that for sure that's that's one of the big things. What do you think the like the sort of state of play looks like right now in the territory for tech startups or for tech companies like? you know, what's working well or what could be improved to, to sort of um, build that sector of the economy for the Yukon? 
I mean, as a general statement, it's not really COVID specific in, in this regard, but, um, you know, I mean, we have some foundational issues that I think as a territory, we really need to look at. I mean, you know, at, at the moment, for all intents and purposes, we have a monopoly internet service provider. Um, you know, the, we have seen now we're going to have some unlimited uh, internet options. Um, you know, that's basically the first time we've seen that, at least in, in, in recent years. Um, you know, the cost is still arguably a bit prohibitive, uh, particularly on the business side. Um, you know, honestly, for my chair, we really need some competition in that space. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll see that soon. I mean, Starlink from uh, from SpaceX will uh, will hopefully give us some of that. Um, training, training's a huge one. Training and education. We have nowhere locally where we can train a tech. Like, I can't send a tech to go uh, learn anything. Essentially, I mean, there's very very little offered at our at our college with which is now a university. Um, I, I can't send somebody somewhere to take a, t um, uh, to take a cabling course for a day. Uh, so that's a huge hurdle. Um, I know access to uh, venture capital money for um, startups um, has been a longstanding issue. Um, that's a little bit different from us. We're, we're certainly not in that position, but uh, I know that's an issue. So there is definitely a lot that we can do to promote the industry. Um, government of Yukon has been saying for many, many years, this is an industry that they really want to push um, and they really want to see growth in. So, you know, hopefully we can, we can address some of those things soon and, uh, and that will definitely help for sure. Well, there's certainly huge infrastructure challenges and, and a topic of conversation since, since I moved to the territory for sure. And um, you know, and do present some real challenges. But I think there are some interesting technologies on the horizon that might uh, open opportunities, especially in rural Yukon as well, where uh, where there's there's a lot of opportunity to live live where we do. Yep, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know, having access to high quality, fast internet that is affordable uh, is is one of those big things. Um, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so during all of the crazy, what was sort of some of the stuff that kind of kept you grounded as you were kind of going through, like what, what's your wellness practice as an entrepreneur? It's a good question. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we were extremely busy, um, for actually quite a while. We had, uh, various clients choosing to go work from home. We had clients who had to go work from home from one day to the next. Um, you know, when I look back at the amount of equipment and things like licensing and hardware and all the things we were buying, um, uh, procuring for clients, it was, uh, it, it was basically nonstop. Um, I'm not sure I had a lot of time to think about being grounded. <laughs> we just kept playing along and that was, that was it. <laughs> and it basically hasn't stopped. I mean, obviously it's, it's not the same at this moment anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, we just kept going and, and uh, just focused on what was in front of us and who we had to help at that particular time and kept on going. Part of my my other my my career, I've been doing sort of these inaction reviews, and 
um, helping organizations reflect on the past eight months and sort of, you know, walking everybody back down memory lane to even try to remember what March and April were like and, and that frenzy. And it, it was hard for us to all keep our heads above water. There was so much going on. Yeah. And I can't imagine for critical service like you guys, the, I imagine you were doing a lot of counseling work with, with clients as well as they were sort of just even trying to figure out how to get things back on track. Yeah, no, for sure. Trying to, you know, we, we'd have lots of um, uh, questions from clients. Okay, so all the staff are going to work from home. How do we do that? <laughs> uh, okay, there's, there's a lot to that. <laughs> what do you have to do? What do you not have to do? So, no, for sure. It's, uh, it was a lot of working with, with the individuals who, who had to make those uh, decisions and choices. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I imagine a lot of businesses are really grateful to to the work that your team did to to kind of get them through that. Hoping so, yes. We, uh, <laughs> I mean, we did everything we could. So <laughs> again, it, it it's it's frustrating when you know. I mean, again, normally I I can buy a webcam with a few days' notice and have it up here, and then I can't get one for five weeks or whatever it is. So those are certainly frustrating. I'm sure they're frustrating for everybody. Um, but yeah. Um, I think on a whole, we were able to pull a lot of things off, which, which was great. Things that are simple to say and then impossible to do. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any worldview shifts, like you know, where where you're really looking at life or the world or your business differently than you did before? I mean, there's always been an understanding of this. I mean, Yukon's a very uh, public sector heavy um, region. I mean, this has always been known, um, but it's, um, we have offices uh, outside of the Yukon as well. So we have an office on Vancouver Island in uh, uh, Nanaimo. Um, we also do some work in Alberta. Uh, so we are there a few, few times a year as well for a few clients. And um, I would say one of the things that, I mean, again, I already knew this, but maybe not to this extent, and that's um, how insulated we are uh, here in the Yukon to external factors. I mean, really outside of the tourism sector, um, you know, and, and some of the um, businesses around that, I mean, we'll say, you know, restaurants, because they can't have the same uh, uh, capacity like they used to, um, and, you know, sectors like that for sure. But outside of that, I mean, most of us fared fairly well, especially as you compare to elsewhere in Canada. I mean, when you go to Vancouver Island, it's a completely different story. Um, like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, shattered economies um, across uh, from the West coast to the East coast. Um, you know, you look in Alberta, again, we have a number of clients in Alberta. I mean, Alberta just got hammered really hard uh, and they still are um bc's faring a little bit a little bit better um vancouver island specifically has picked up a little bit but i mean when when you when you consider what we had to go through here in the yukon and also i mean a lot of the programs that we had from from uh from the the department of economic uh development uh, and some of the supports that they had i mean they they're one of the first programs they had was the uh, the thirty thousand dollar a month up to thirty thousand dollars a month 
um, grants for basic operating expenses, rents and things like that if you were shut down. Um, then they introduced a 14-day paid sick leave for any staff that were sick that didn't have any sick days left. I mean, these were great programs. And, and I realized like for some folks that's, uh, it helps, it's not enough. And, and I mean, certainly recognize that, but um, when you look in some of the other uh, jurisdictions, uh, they, they don't have that level of support. So uh, between that and then also again, between having a bit of an insulated economy um, that I think we fared a lot better than anyone else. And, and again, I mean, that's something I've known for a long time. I mean, being uh, public sector heavy, um, your economy is less, um, less manipulated by external factors, but really through this, you, you really see that as, uh, as being true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what are some of your values for reopening? I mean, we've been, we've kind of been in this reopening phase for a long time and I guess we're really in the new normal, but we are talking about sort of rebuilding some of these shattered economies and, and here, you know, so what, what's your hope for that rebuilding? Um, I mean, the, the biggest, I guess, value I have, like, in, in the Yukon economy, I mean, there's really, because of geographically where we are, and because of our size, and a lot of other factors, um, there's the real risk of, of this virus is it being imported into our region, right? Um, so it's one of those things where it'd be great to certainly have our borders open, have, you know, whomever in, whether it's um, someone from Alberta, someone from Manitoba, wherever. Um, but on the flip side to that is what's the risk to that if somebody imports the virus and spreads it within a community, let's say a rural community or even here in Whitehorse. I mean, we, we do have limited um, medical facilities. I mean, we have hospitals, obviously we have three hospitals in the Yukon, but I mean, we're not equipped for a, um, for a mass pandemic scenario, right? I mean, if a thousand people get this virus within a week, uh, are we prepared to handle that? Um, you know, that's a good question. What, what is the threshold? So, um, you know, the, the biggest, I guess, value I, I place on reopening the economy is, um, you know, we, we have to mitigate that risk from the outside. Internally, um, if, if we mitigate the risk externally in a, in a good way, um, then internally, I mean, we can basically open up our economy. There is no reason why you can't go to Main Street and Whitehorse and get a haircut, right? There's, there's, there's no reason why the kids can't go to school. Um, there's no reason why the kids can't go to school full days. Um, again, but we have to make sure we're mitigating that external risk and that chance of the virus being imported. Uh, and there's a number of ways that that can be done. Um, but yeah, that's that would be my biggest thing for reopening the Yukon economy as a whole. I mean, in terms of industries like the tourism sector and things like that, I mean, you know, I don't know when a Condor flight is going to show up again. I have no idea. Those are, um, those are kind of factors we don't have a lot of control over. Um, 
you know, when, when will the world start to travel again for leisure? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, something we have to watch and something we have to, we have to address and, and, uh, and look at as it happens, but uh, I'm not sure there's a lot there that we can influence. Yeah. And I guess in, because this, this interview will go live a little bit of time from now in a couple of weeks for Yukon Innovation Week. So I, I guess it's mindful to sort of say like, you know, Canada is really just on the, the edge of its second wave right now, or, you know, we've, we've talked about entering in that second wave and we're starting to see the results of, you know, Thanksgiving celebrations and things like that, especially in British Columbia. I know they were talking about that this week and, you know, and everything that we are feeling right now is the result of actions from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, there is this, this balance between openness and, you know, and, and mitigating risk and, you know, we, and we can have those freedoms here if we're, if we're wise as Yukoners to, you know, continue to follow the safe six and maintain social distance and self-isolate when you return from other jurisdictions, um, unless you're, you know, absolutely essential in the work that you're doing. Um, as you were talking about with critical workers there. Um, what are, what is the one area of the safe six that you're, you're struggling with the most personally or professionally? So for me, yeah, for me specifically, it's going to be the isolation part. <laughs> I, I do regularly go down to Vancouver Island, um, uh, to our office there. So I know that's in the travel bubble. Nonetheless, though, uh, Vancouver Island is very lucky. They haven't had a lot of cases. Last time I looked, it was 251, I believe. Um, so they haven't had a lot of cases in general, which is nice. Um, that being said, and you know, even though there isn't a self-isolation requirement, it's still one of those things when you return back. I mean, you know, you don't really want to go out everywhere. <laughs> uh, I realize you can, but you really don't want to. Um, it's I was in Alberta quite a few weeks ago um, and had returned and kind of same thing. Right. So in that sense or in that case, I was supposed to self-isolate. But because I'm a critical worker, I don't have to. I'm allowed to go to work. Um, luckily, the way our office is structured, uh, I, I can go to work and not have to interact physically with any of the other staff um, and they don't have to enter my space. I don't have to enter theirs. So. Uh, I was able to do that without a lot of risk, but certainly that's the one I struggle with the most just because, I mean, you know, I don't want to get anybody sick. That, that's, that's certainly not something I want to do. Um, you know, and I realize you can be pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic or, you know, think you have a cold or whatever, but mm -hmm. it's also one of those things where, you know, do, I don't feel sick, so why would I not go to work, <laughs> right? Um, just because we're not used to that. We've never really had a situation where, you know, that would be a reason to stay home, you know, because you were in an area where other people were sick. But if you're not sick, why would you stay home, right? So that's new, obviously, for all of us. Um, but that's probably the one I, I personally struggle with the most just because um, the nature of our business and what we do, like, I have to travel. It's it's not really an option. So, yeah. These are uh, complicated things to figure out for us, eh? Like it's there's a, there's a lot of risk analysis and there's a lot of you know changing patterns of behavior to to try to be making the best decisions we can with 
with what we've got. Yep, for sure. Any songs, podcasts, books, or anything like that that are kind of getting you through and motivating you? Movies? I actually know all of these. I actually thought about this for a bit and not really because I don't I haven't had a lot of time lately. <laughs> I mean, between travel and 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 doing um um the increased workload that we've had, um, you know, dealing with some staff that had been off sick, none of them were sick with the virus, but you know, sick with colds and you don't know. So they can't come to work. So the rest of us have to, you know, uh, pitch in a little more and things like that. I honestly haven't had a ton of time. <laughs> um, it's been, yeah, not a ton of personal time lately. <laughs> so not really anything specific, but yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think that that's life in the age of COVID, right? Yeah. Picking up and moving on with the best you can. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, uh, and then of course, I mean, there's the usual other stuff that non-pandemic related that of course happens to all of us and you add that on top and yeah, it just, it eats a lot of time. <laughs> it does. Hey, thanks so much for your time today. It's been great. No problem. Thanks. Bye. See ya.